Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth. Hey everyone, welcome to Glow and Tell. I am Carolyn Holdsworth and we have a great show ahead of us today. I want to welcome as always our producer, Victoria Valinsky. Hello, hello. How are you, Carolyn? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm so excited for today's show. Oh my God, me too. This is one of my very favorite topics in the whole wide world because it involves food. Me too. I'm right there with you. That's all I think about 24-7. Right. I know. I know. It's going to be so great because we're going to get so many questions answered about one of the hottest topics out there. And our guest is such an innovative breakthrough thinker in the wellness world, in the health world. She is a cookbook author. She's a blogger. She's got her own podcast called Olive You Whole, which is kind of the cutest name ever. And we've got Caroline Fossil as our guest today. Welcome, Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited that you're here. Almost my name twin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get get called Carolyn a lot. (laughs) I was just going to say, and I get Caroline, I lost count over the 53 years, right? (laughs) So we're, we're so excited to have you because, you know, food is pretty much, I think, at the top of everybody's list in terms of passions in life. And if it's not a passion of yours, you're probably not a friend of mine. So um, I'm really excited to talk to you about this topic today because, you know, I've known you for a while now because you work with a friend of mine, Emily Steele, who's a chef, Mm -hmm. and worked with you on publishing your cookbook, which I own which is amazing prep cook freeze. (laughs) Y'all can buy it anywhere. Um, And Mm -hmm. you can find Caroline at olive, like the olive that you eat, the olive you put in your martini, olive you whole W H O L E on all social networks. And that is also her URL for her website. So please check her out. And she also has an awesome podcast. Um, But yeah, the, the point of bringing Caroline on today and why we wanted to talk to you guys on glow and tell was, you know, you literally are what you eat. One of the oldest Mm -hmm. expressions on the planet, I think, but it it really is true that, you know, outside of what you put on your skin to make it look Mm -hmm. better, what you put in your body is the number two thing. Sometimes the number one thing that affects how we Mm -hmm. look and obviously it affects how we feel. So right today we're going to connect some dots and get answers to so many questions. Um, We have received questions via email from our listeners, so I'm excited to get into those as well. But Caroline, you know, first of all, tell us your story. Give us your background. Tell us what brought you here. Yeah. So, you know, I really started getting passionate about health and wellness uh, around middle school. So like pretty young uh, when I was 11, because I'd had a history of digestive distress as a child. Um, You know, I remember every single night after dinner telling my mom, my tummy hurts again. Right. And I'm like five, six years old. And by the time I was like five, I even just stopped saying it because it was every night. It was no matter what I ate. And my mom cooked like, you know, typical meals of the 90s. um, But a lot of times it had some gluten or dairy or things that I clearly was having issues with. But back then it was either you have a true allergy or nothing. Like you're either allergic to peanuts or shellfish or that's the only thing that we talk about. And, you know, as we'll talk about today, there are a lot more food intolerance and knowledge about food intolerance. And there's a lot more nuance than there was back then. And so I just felt this lack of control over how I felt as a child. And that was really, really 
traumatic, honestly, for me. And even seeing specialists, they never asked what I was eating, which was crazy. And so I never really got the help I needed. And then in middle school, uh, my best friend's mom was a nutritionist. So I would like sit at her feet and ask her questions. And then that was really the spark of it all. And since then, I've really just been on a journey of trying to optimize my life in terms of health and wellness, optimize what we're eating, um, and really just finding out what is the healthiest way for me to live. And then with my blog, All of You Whole, and my cookbook um, and podcast, I'm really just taking everything I'm learning and sharing it with the world with the hope that you too can find um, the healthiest life for yourself and feel, look, and feel your best as well. That is such an interesting background. And I didn't know all those details, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I've got to say is I feel like I connect with you similarly because I had the same struggles, but it was all about my skin. Right. Because I was having crazy issues, cystic acne with my skin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God bless your curiosity for, you right. know, as a teen to to keep asking questions, especially of your friend's mom, which I got to say, I don't, I don't know a lot of kids that would really do that and <laughs> yeah. dive in and want to get the answers, right? Because most of us are taught to just, well, just, oh, well, you got an upset stomach. Oh, well, mm -hmm. you feel a little gassy or bloated or, you know, it's probably hormones or, we mm -hmm. you know, whatever the excuse was, not everybody was encouraged and commended for curiosity, Right. So good on you to do that because <laughs> it literally fueled and fueled your passion and here you are with a career about it. Right. And I feel like I have this core belief that really not everybody has that my body wants to be healed and whole. Mm -hmm. So everything I do kind of comes from this belief that I have that I am healable, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can, I can always come back to homeostasis. And, and so my goal too, with other people is, um, let's let's have this preventative approach, right? Like we don't want to come to health and wellness with a stage four cancer diagnosis. That's not the ideal time to come to health and wellness. And so I also just really have this like preventative approach of let's be healthy now, right? And live our right. longest life with as much vitality as we can. I love that. And homeostasis is available, I, I believe, also to all of us. Mm -hmm. I believe that the goal of getting to a state of healing, which you have done with your body, and we're mm -hmm. going to get into that. We're going to get into your story, which is so interesting. I did it with my skin as well. Um, I see mm -hmm. it with our clients every day at the spa. So for those that are you know, about to throw the towel in or think that it's not an option, mm -hmm. it really is. We're both testimonials to that. You know, That state of happy is achievable with effort. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, you got to yeah. you got to put a little bit of work in. It doesn't always come super easy and the path is not always straight and narrow, sadly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or fast. <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> or fast. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, on that note, you know, I know what your journey has been from a food standpoint, health wise, but but take us through it because I think it's relevant and incredibly interesting as well. Yeah, totally. So, you know, I kind of just like from that middle, middle school standpoint, right? Like I'm still clearly living with my family and stuff. And so it looked like the first few steps were like asking my mom who lovingly packed my lunches, like let's switch from like Wonder Bread to Ezekiel Bread, right? Um, let's let's switch from Cheez-Its to carrots. So like making some, like my mom was so gracious to make me healthier lunches, which was great. Um, I ended up deciding to switch from dance to cross country to in high school to have kind of a more um, something I could do more long term. Um, mm. And so that was a really great step in the right direction. But then in college, I actually switched to a mostly vegan diet. And, you know, that there was a few reasons there, um, you know, just I was very aware. I became aware of like factory farming, um, contained animal feed operations, and was really, really uh, put off by the whole, like how we raise animals in America. So that was a huge part. Also came at it from a health and wellness perspective. And so we were vegan for um, 
almost like probably about four or five years. And then it was really my daughter, Ella, who switched everything for us. So I got married right out of college. I'm one of those weird Southerners. And so I was married at 22. um, And then we were going to wait 10 years to have kids, which would be like right now. But we actually got pregnant six weeks later. So Oh my goodness. Um, and then Ella was born at 30 weeks. So just this whole, like, my life just went zero to 180, like just crazy in a very, very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So then when Ella, uh, so my whole entire pregnancy I was vegan. And then when Ella was born and, and then once she got to the point, you know, around six months that she started eating solids, I just had this like nutritional crisis, right? Because it's one thing to make choices and it affects yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a whole nother ball game making choices for your children and right. especially a premature child. And essentially our neonatologist was like, this child needs as many nutrient dense foods as possible. And we don't want to be playing a guessing game with like, n- you know, uh, amino acid matching and like trying to get complete proteins and all that. Like that is not a game you want to play with her. And so that's when we made the switch to a paleo diet. So I went from like vegan to paleo overnight. <laughs> it was really hard um, because I had gotten to a point five years in where I didn't even like the taste of meat. And so it was a really tough transition. But we felt so fabulous. Like my husband and I both made the switch. Um, Our skin cleared up. Um, You know, we both lost weight. We didn't even really know we had to lose. We felt so energetic. That was one of the biggest things. We felt so energetic. And then also like these digestive issues that had plagued me my entire life were just gone overnight. Like I, I was waking up every day, like I don't have a stomach ache and this is a miracle. And so we just felt so passionate about it that like we ended up doing like a 30 day trial of the paleo diet in June of 2014. So Ella would have been around one years old. And then, um, I started my blog the next month. Like I was, I was so convinced. I'm like, people need to know about this. People need the recipes. I love, I've always created recipes my whole life. So yeah. Okay. So I've got a couple questions. That's such yes. an interesting story. And it's, a, I know. Even a lo- it's juicier than I even thought it was going to be. So, okay. <laughs> two part question. Number one, yeah. um, I would like you to just clearly define paleo to our listeners. And number of course. two, why did you go truly from like the pendulum swing, one extreme to the other? Why not just add some animal protein back in your diet? Why not go pescatarian? Right. Why did you ju- like, what was your influence and what, why, why did you jump so far? <laughs> yeah, I'm apparently like a really extreme person. Um, so the paleo diet focuses on high quality meats. So that includes beef, pork, chicken, turkey, uh, birds, and fish, right? Um, And then healthy fats. So, you know, olives, coconuts, avocados, tallow, animal fat, and then also fruits, vegetables, and nuts and seeds. So that's kind of the basics. Um, It sounds restrictive. There's a lot you can do. I have a whole cookbook with recipes. Um, And then we made that switch because I was – I've always been looking for – optimization. Like really, I don't want to just feel fine. I want to feel the best that I can feel. And so really it just took digging into the nutrition science. And so I I was looking both at, so if I had just added in fish or meat, it would have still looked like a lot of legumes, which is, you know, a typical vegetarian diet and a lot of grains. So we were very grain and legume heavy. Mm, Once I started looking into paleo, I was seeing a lot of the research behind grains and digestion. And those two don't typically go really great together. And also just um, without getting too nerdy, uh, you know, legumes can have some phytonutrients, anti-nutrients in them. So I was just curious about you know, I we it wasn't a long-term plan. Like I wasn't like, we're going to do this trial for 30 days and stick with it the rest of our lives. It right. was just a trial. Like, let's just, let's just see what happens. And then because we felt so fabulous, you know, it was like, well, let's just stick with this, right? And since then, I will say we've expanded a bit because it's not about 
it's not about fitting into a certain box or label to me anymore. Mm -hmm. It probably was in the beginning. Now it's about optimization and finding out what works for us. So if I know everyone in our house does great with oats, then like by all means, let's throw some oats in our diet. If we know we all can do black beans, by all means, right? So it's more about like, let's expand our diets as much as possible. But this is this is kind of our structure of what we come back to. Maybe okay. if we feel inflamed or we or we have added on a few pounds and need to come back or whatever. This is kind of like where we, this is our starting point. Let's say that. And how long did it take you to feel, quote, great? So once you went, went from being a vegan, you're diving into paleo head first. What did great look like and, and when, by when? Yeah, so we did, okay, so the first week is... Mm-hmm atrocious. Okay. It's it's like a tough transition. So you go through, like you go through what feels like withdrawals. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Like it is. Well, no pun intended there from sugar. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're lacking sugar, you know, uh, it, even though it's not paleo is not inherently low carb. Let me make that distinction because you're still, you can still have sweet potatoes and you can still have cassava and root vegetables and potatoes and stuff like that and fruit, but that you almost feel like you have the flu. Like it's, it's like a detoxing process. And so it doesn't feel great. But after about day 10, I mean, I was like, I mean, I was like a whole new person. So it really was, it's, it's fast. That first week is kind of rough. So plan accordingly. If you, if you, if you plan on making this switch, but the results are pretty quick especially okay. with brain fog, skin stuff clears up really quick. There's a lot of the things um, that are most impactful that happen pretty quickly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and at, at the risk of dumbing it way, way down, the big, the big things that you're removing on paleo are, are really sugar, correct? Sugar and dairy? Yeah. So you're removing dairy, Sugars and sweeteners. With paleo, you can have natural sweeteners, maple syrup, honey. Um, But yeah, you're removing dairy, sugars, grains, which turn to sugar, and legumes. Is that it? And alcohol. Um, So a little more than sugar, but honestly, it all breaks down to sugar anyway. So (laughs) you could say that. (laughs) Yeah. And and sugar is one of the key culprits that that definitely affects us on the outside as well. And before we get too, too deep into that, which I'm so excited to do. So we, I'm told we've got to take a quick break. So y'all hang tight. Please come back. When we return, we're going to talk about sugar and the effects it's having on us on the outside and the inside. And we're going to take some, some questions from our listeners. So we'll be right back on Blow and Tell. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. 
Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn here with Victoria Valinsky and our lovely guest today, Caroline Fossil from All of You Whole. And as a reminder, you can learn everything about Caroline and her cookbook, her podcast, her blog on allofyouwhole.com and All of You Whole, Olive like the all of that we pop in our mouth <laughs> on social. So be sure to check her out. And her cookbook is so awesome. I have it. I love it. Prep, cook, freeze. We're going to talk about prepping and cooking and freezing in a little bit. But as we were leaving to go to break, we were starting to talk about sugar a little bit. And then we're going to get into some intolerances that um, pr- that are pretty common that I think almost every human probably has. It's about that continuum of how high is your intolerance, right, Caroline? Or how low is your intolerance? And yes. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You keep going. It's all you. <laughs> okay. we'll, get, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh, I know. I love it. So, so sugar, while is technically, while sugar is technically not an intolerance, I know at least in my industry in trying to heal the skin and better our skin, sugar is something we talk about all the time. And we're talking about refined sugar. And right. so many of us don't even realize what certain ingredients like a sugar, um, and for some of us internally, a gluten, let's say, mm-hmm. we don't even know the effects it's having on us until you do an, an elimination process. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about the signs topically and then internally, because since most of us live with these things all the time, and so many right. of us also live with discomfort, we mm-hmm. don't even know what we could be or what we're dealing with. So, right. you know, from a, from a topical standpoint, and I'm going to be very, very simple here, because of course, the best way to understand what's happening with your skin is to talk to an expert in a spa mm-hmm. in your doctor's office, of course. But in general, if you find that your skin has more redness than it should have, if mm-hmm. you have inflammation, if, you know, to the touch, you have some, some sensitivity and your skin pinks up and it's not from a sunburn that is, that's an inflamed condition. That is not a quote, normal state of homeostasis as we were talking about earlier. And sugar is one of the number one things that will clog your pores. Um, it's, it's the, it's not necessarily chocolate. You know, I remember when I was growing up, I was always told, don't eat chocolate. It'll break out your skin. It's really not about the chocolate. It's Mm. about the refined sugar. It's the glucose. It's the process of glycation that we're trying to slow down, which is what creates fine lines, wrinkles, sagging. So it's the glucose in all sorts of sugars. You know, you Mm -hmm. cannot eat desserts ever, but be a big drinker. And it's all the alcohol that's in, sorry, all the glucose that's in alcohol that's going to create that same condition. So if mm-hmm. you're seeing things like that in your in your skin, it could be from, you know, a little too much glucose. Um, and then take a look at your take a look at your sources and see what's going on. Keep a food diary. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a formal food diary, but just pay attention and see, you know, am I putting sugar in my coffee? Do I drink sweet drinks? Do I have desserts every day? Do I have high sugar yogurts? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are so many ways that sugar just squeezes itself into our diet and we're not even appreciating it, right? It's just there. Yeah. Sugar, unfortunately, refined sugar is in so much. So not only is it in like the cakes and brownies and stuff like that that you think of as desserts, it's also in so many of our sauces, so many of our drinks, right? Our sugar-sweetened beverages are just no bueno. Um, And the CDC really speaks out against sugar-sweetened beverages because how many people do you know who drink three Cokes a day, right? Or they go to Starbucks and get a venti hazelnut six pump, right? Like drink kind of thing. And so sugar not only affects the skin, it also, you know, as you were saying, Carolyn, it increases inflammation in the body. And I like to think of inflammation really as the building blocks of disease. So it's, it's, 
increasing inflammation, which also increases your risk for a lot of other disease processes. So, you know, according to Harvard, the effects of added sugar intake are high blood, higher blood pressure, inflammation, weight gain, diabetes, and even fatty liver disease. And all of those are linked to an increased re- uh, risk for heart attack and stroke. So it's wow. just not great. Yeah. Um, and also to even just making the switch to more natural sweeteners can be helpful. Um, so those include, you know, maple syrup and honey are the two, especially raw honey. Those two things come to mind. But even still, at least our family, we're not throwing syrup on everything. We're not putting honey and everything. It's more occasional baked goods. And you'll find that when you remove sugar from your diet, like our first 30-day trial of paleo was zero added sugars, including maple syrup and honey and anything, any natural sweeteners. And you will find your palate tastes, your your palate changes very quickly. So yeah. I will eat like an almond now and I'm like, an almond is so sweet or like this carrot is so sweet. And so, you know, the reason that we're attracted to sweet in general is, you know, I always think back to our Paleolithic ancestors and that's because when we had sweet, it was fruit. That was the mm. only sweet that we had in our diet. And so right. Fruit is packed with phytonutrients. It's packed with, um, you know, vitamins, minerals, uh, even water, right? Which sometimes water was hard to find back in the day. And so it's a really great thing to enjoy a lot of when you are our Paleolithic ancestors. But unfortunately now these huge food conglomerates have used our biological desire for sweet and really manipulated that. So now we're eating a sleeve of Oreos because our body's saying more, more, more when, right. you know, it, we really probably shouldn't be eating a sleeve of Oreos, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, in your experience, <laughs> How quickly? So you said that you know your your initial intro to paleo. You did a thirty day trial, essentially, kind of a, a cleansing mm-hmm. of your old ways, diving into paleo. Right. So I have found in my experience that you can actually see the difference in far less than thirty days. So mm-hmm. for someone that may want to take baby steps and is not ready to dive into paleo wholeheartedly, um, in my experience, within seven days, you'll definitely see a difference in your skin. Would you agree mm-hmm. that in a shorter amount of time, and what is that length of time, will you fe- feel something different on the inside? Specifically to sugar? Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's probably around that time, that seven yeah. to 10 day period, especially because you are able, when you take sugar completely out of your diet, you're able to be more intentional about what you're eating and Mm -hmm. pay attention to the signals that your body is sending you. So with sugar cravings, for example, since we're talking about sugar, what your body really may be telling you is you need to hydrate, right? So I get my water, I put my electrolytes in my water, and that is enough to get rid of a craving. Or I will tell my health coaching clients all the time, you want sugar instead of eating a banana or a Lara bar or something that is really, really sweet, try instead to eat something that's fat, has fat, salt, and protein. And a lot of times what's actually a hunger cue arrives in our body as a sugar craving. And so if you feed your body sugar, when you have a sugar craving, you get a dopamine hit and you're more likely to fall into that addictive behavior. If you give your body actually what it needs and something that's really nutrient dense, you get rid of the sugar craving and it's actually healthy for you overall healthier, right? So what's a quick example of a snack that's that's protein dense? You said protein, salt, and what was the third one? Fat. Yeah. Fat. So I love, yeah, when I'm craving sugar, what my body really wants is fat and protein. Okay. And so I, I, this is so funny, but I love bacon. So I will have like a few slices of bacon and an avo- like a half of an avocado. And it's like so filling. It's almost like a mini meal, but okay. it is so satiating that my sugar craving just goes away. And so any kind of like, and this comes into the prepping aspect, like having things prepped, whether it's like some shredded chicken or it's like, especially if you're on the go, I love like a chomps meat stick, right? Having something mm-hmm. that's 10 grams of protein, 
easily accessible is really helpful. Um, and then fats, even just a handful of almonds or, um, you know, a handful of almonds or some olives, like those are really fatty foods. And with the olives too, and the almonds, you're getting some salt in there. Um, so yeah, those are some ideas for just really kicking sugar cravings to the curb. I'm totally going to try that because I, I definitely am addicted to sugar. I do love those suggestions. Those are two of my favorite foods. So I'm down <laughs> yeah, There you go. The avocado bacon. So let, let's get into intolerances now. So tell yeah. me what, um, what most of us could be feeling from, you know, an excessive amount of say gluten in our body, something that everybody mm-hmm. talks about now. There are so many gluten substitutions, gluten-free op- options out there that actually taste great now. Thank goodness. Because for yeah. a while there, it all tasted like cardboard. Cardboard. Yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> so, let, so let's talk about how you can feel the relief you may feel from eliminating gluten and trying some mm. substitutions. Yeah, sure. So the symptoms that you can feel when you're experiencing a food intolerance. So the National Health Service from the UK says tummy pain, bloating, gas, diarrhea, and on your in your neck of the woods, Carolyn, skin mm-hmm. rashes, itching. Um, Additionally, the Cleveland Clinic in the U.S. also adds things like headaches and migraines, which people might not associate with what you're eating, heartburn, and even nausea. So I've also seen eczema, dermatitis to add on to like skin conditions. And I really would love to explain like, why do we even have intolerances in the first place? And what happens is our, our gut, so our small intestine, is supposed to function like a rubber tube, like your hose that you use in your garden, right? It's supposed to function like a solid, completely rubber, totally closed tube. What happens when we eat certain foods and certain things is our body, our, our intestine ends up turning into like a mesh sleeve. So what that means is food particles are getting into our bloodstream and they're supposed to stay in our digestive tract all the way through, but they're getting into our bloodstream. So an intolerance happens when our body actually launches an immune attack to these food particles. So they're acting like these food particles, let's call it gluten, is actually an invader. So we're going to create these IgG antibodies that will attack the gluten just like our bodies create IgG antibodies to bacteria and viruses. So our body is fighting against that. So what does that create? Inflammation in the body. So we have got what's called leaky gut is the process I was describing. And then your body attacks certain foods. So that's what's happening. And you can get all of these different symptoms because of that. And and it's not just the common ones of lactose, gluten, or histamine intolerance. Mm-hmm. It can even be like I did a food sensitivity panel and it's stuff like almonds. It can be stuff like green beans. It can be really things that are otherwise really healthy, but your body has chosen to send a massive attack, uh, an immune response to that food. And so the process is not just removing those foods. It's also, we've got to get down to the root cause and we've really got to heal the gut in combination with an elimination diet. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach. Right. Understood. Okay. Thank you for that clarity and that explanation. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I do feel that so many practitioners these days, when we go to them for advice, when we give them our symptoms, I, I, I swear it's okay. We'll take get rid of sugar and gluten. And then right. come back, call me in three months. Yeah, And yeah. that feels so generalized. It doesn't feel specific enough. Any right. advice on how to, you know, we talk a lot on the show about how to be your own advocate and how to, yes. you know, push to get deeper answers than just yeah. get rid of gluten and sugar. Yeah, no, which, you know, can be good advice if it's necessary. But what you're saying, it sounds like what you're desiring is this bio-individual approach, which is yes. which is my approach as well, not okay. only for myself, but for clients. And so step one, when we're talking about food intolerances, is getting a picture of what's going on. So I like to recommend the Everly Well Food Sensitivity comprehensive test. So you can, that's direct to consumers. So you can go online um, and and purchase that for yourself and they test 204 foods. Where I think this approach is lacking is I really do think you need a one-on-one approach to 
not only just like there's the process of avoiding your red foods for a year, avoiding your yellow foods for three months. So they will guide you through that. But additionally, if we're not also healing the gut, then food intolerance can continue to happen because new foods get into the bloodstream. So it's a two-pronged approach and a functional uh, practitioner, whether that's a doctor or a nutritionist, can work with you one-on-one to figure out what's going on in your gut, mm-hmm. um, whether that's a GI map, which was really beneficial to me, that's a test, um, or specific supplements that they use together to heal the gut. Um, it does take that kind of next level hand holding to get really specific to you and figure out, let's both like heal the intolerances and also heal the gut. Fantastic. Wow. I love that approach. You got to do more than one thing to get to the solution. It's not always easy, but it is going to be worth it. That is for sure. Right. So we're going to take another break now. When we come back, we're going to take these questions from our listeners. We're going to be talking about prepping. We're going to be talking about how how to get your kids to eat things they should be eating and so much more on Glow and Tell. So come right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn here with Victoria and our lovely guest, Caroline Fossil, author of Prep, Cook, Freeze. So let's get right into our questions because we have some really good ones from our listeners. Victoria, give us the first one. Yes. So Carolyn, we have Jenny from Ohio and she is asking, I have always wanted to start paleo, but I have never been able to really commit to a diet. What advice do you have for me to start this process? Yeah. So it it can be tough. It can feel really overwhelming at first. And so, you know, I feel like people start it in a few different ways. And some people want to go all in and make all of their sauces and make everything homemade. And that is that is a path and that is a choice that you can make. <laughs> but for people who are coming to me saying, this sounds so overwhelming, like if I'm right. eating the standard American diet, this is just vastly different. Mm-hmm. So I have two suggestions. Number one, it's easier to think of this as like, a meat and three situation or like a meat and two situation that makes it easier to kind of like prep and break down and process. So if you think of it as I'm going to put some barbecue sauce on some chicken breasts and throw that in my Instant Pot for eight minutes, and then I'm going to like open a can of green beans and like maybe eat some fresh carrots, like that takes 10 minutes and it's very simple. So instead of thinking of, I need to make Caroline's chicken tikka masala and marinate the chicken and like make it gourmet five-star meal, that can feel very overwhelming. 
not doable. And also like maybe I'm going to fail because I'm setting my bar so high. So like let's just really, really simplify. The other suggestion I have, which is a strategy that we used in my cookbook prep cook freeze is if you have the budget, which not everybody does, but if you're if you're lacking in time, but you do have the finances to do this, I would suggest buy the sauces. But like as much as you can buy pre-made things, do it, right? So if mm-hmm. if getting a rotisserie chicken that's organic is going to be faster for you, go for it. If you can buy a barbecue sauce instead of making one, go for it. So there really are a lot of prepackaged items that have really, really clean, healthy ingredients that can make it feel less overwhelming. So just try to make it simple and buy some things when you can. So speaking of buying things, I wanted to ask a question about if you're trying to get started with paleo and like for me, I don't cook a lot. Okay. Right. And I, I like to grab and go quite often. Are there mm-hmm. some, some grab and go Maybe maybe it's fast food. Maybe it's at your local grocery store, your Whole Foods. Mm. Couple grab and go things that you think are great to just have in a pinch, so you don't blow it. Yeah, totally. So, like I said, I think if you can find an organic, you know, preservative-free rotisserie chicken, that can be so fast to just pull meat off the bone, and it's already ready for you. We're talking a few minutes, right? So that's a great option. Um, Other grab-and-go options. So there's a few brands, and we list so much in the back of the cookbook. We have kind of a pantry staples section, so that would be a great place to check. We also have a Whole30 Brands Guide on my website. I can send you the link. And in every single category we could think of, we listed tons of clean approved brands. So that's a great place too. But there are some brands like Kevin's creates like a chicken tikka masala um, and like proteins that are prepped. So that's a good place to start. If you can find prepped protein, that's what takes the longest in the kitchen because if you're if you're starting with like a frozen chicken breast, you know, from that to being totally ready can be like a 40-minute process. Right. So the proteins is what just takes the longest to cook. And so when you can find those prepped and ready, that's going to save you the most time in the kitchen. Okay. Okay. Great suggestions. I have some Kevin's in my fridge right now. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah tastes good. good. I love Kevin's. Yeah. Okay. Another question. Yeah. Speaking of dinner. So it sounds like Kate from Texas has started her paleo diet. She's the only one in her family. So she asks, how do I get my family to eat this way? I nag my kids to eat their broccoli, but it doesn't work. And constantly telling my kids and spouse that their food choices are just wrong. It makes them more resistant. What can I do? Oh man. Yeah. So that's a tough one. I mean, you don't want to make three meals, right? You don't want to make three. Oh, definitely not. Absolutely not. So yeah, I'm not a proponent for like cooking four different things for four different people. I am very lucky, lucky and privileged that we started this journey when my kids were so young. So they're over here. Like, can I get the broccoli, the broccoli with my kids meal? You know, so they are very health conscious and they love all these foods. So I haven't had to personally go through the process of like the switch, which I've heard from my readers and listeners that that's a really tough process. Um, I think that my advice would be instead of cold turkey, like you can never have these types of foods ever again. I think that it's a transitional process. I think it's a learning process. So instead of all at once, maybe, um, Maybe they love whatever it is that you typically make. You make that thing, you add on the broccoli. And, you know, I have a podcast episode about picky eating. It was really great. But essentially, you just have to pick it up with your fork. That's step one. And then you have to give it a kiss goodbye, which makes them, you know, at least touch it to their lips. Like, this is not a scary thing. Broccoli is not going to kill you. You're going to be fine. And then you have to take a bite. And then you have to take three bites. So it can be a process. And also, too, know that your taste buds are changing all the time. So if we're used to really saturated uh, sugary drinks and we're switching to water, right? That can be a tough transition. Um, and so the transition can be tough, but just have hope that taste buds can change. They can like new foods. And then also too, you can find just about 
anything in a healthier version. So they like brownies. Why don't you make some healthier brownies that uses almond flour and cassava and, um, you know, maple syrup. So they're getting their treats, but it's more nutritional dense, nutritionally dense and better for them than the Ghirardelli boxed brownies, right? So just make some swaps and that can also make them feel like you're trying mom. You're not just trying to sabotage me. You're trying to help me like these new healthier foods. I love that. That just sparked another question in me, Caroline, with this whole kind of transitioning into this new way of eating, this new way of living. What if I'm I'm emotionally not ready to do the whole dive in head first? You and I have mm. talked offline about this whole concept of deprivation. And right. that's a real that's a real hot button for me because mm-hmm. you know, I sadly have looked at food as a reward quite often in mm-hmm. my life. And right. I love to have a nice glass of wine with friends when we're celebrating an event or, yeah. or just hanging out. And so what about a compromise? Is there a way mm. that I can kind of do 50-50 paleo, quote unquote, regular. Sure. Talk to me about that and maybe how to kind of baby step your way into a new lifestyle. Yeah. So, you know, I think it depends on the motivation for coming to the paleo diet. So if you're coming from a desire to heal, right, then you might have a season of more focused healing, which might include limiting certain foods, right? But as we've talked about healing as possible, I do think you can get to a point where you can reintroduce the foods that were triggers for your gut before, but you're in a healed state, you've healed your gut. So then you can expand your diet more. So after a concentrated healing period, then you can expand your diet. And a lot of people have the mentality in the paleo community of 80-20, right? Okay. So, you know, you've okay. seen the memes of 80% tw- uh, 80% paleo, 20% scotch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like Whatever, whatever your 20% is up to you, I would just encourage you, you know, it's always this thought process of, is it worth it, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you know that dairy destroys you and you get a stomach ache and maybe some irregular bowel movements and maybe some zits the next day. Like that's, you've decided that. I think it's all about conscious choices. So maybe if you're at a Mexican restaurant on a Friday night, you're not celebrating anything, it doesn't feel extra special. Maybe you don't have the queso, right? But maybe you're in Paris and there's this fabulous cheesecake or crepe or whatever, and it feels really special to you and feels really worth it to you to have that cheesecake. Okay, great. Maybe you have the cheesecake, but it's all about, it's really to me about empowering people to know how foods affect them. Yeah. And then what you choose to eat, what you choose for your 20% is really up to you. And then additionally, it's not about fitting these guidelines forever. It truly is about healing And then expanding your diet as much as possible. So if we can eat oats, we're going to eat oats. If we can digest, um, you know, rice, we're going to eat rice. And and also to learning new ways. Like I, part of my journey is learning that if I can soak and sprout grains and beans, they become so much more easily digestible. Ah. So also like setting yourself up for success. Maybe like we myself and both of my kiddos, if we got to eat, we'll eat digestive enzymes before our meal because who the heck knows what's in this meal and that just helps us feel our best. So we're eating the same thing, but we're feeling better on the other end because we've like properly prepared, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And you led me to think, okay, if I wanted to try to eliminate something that let's say I know that dairy is a thing. I mean, like in recent years, ice cream has always been one of my go-tos, but in recent years also, it doesn't make me feel so great. So without having to make an appointment and go see my doctor, and I know that you're not a medical Mm. professional, what is the duration for, um, for elimination? And when do you think I could start to reintroduce something tiny to see if I'm still, if my gut has been healed. How long does it take? Yeah. So and I know that's a generalized broad question, but approximately. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you were working with a functional nutritionist, functional medicine doctor, it would probably be if you're going the like food sensitivity panel testing route, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's kind of a long process. So it's, it, you remove yellow foods, which are like 
your body's giving you a medium response to that food. You remove those foods for about three months. Um, is something that's a red, like your body is freaking out about this food, that's a year process. So I went through that whole year-long process, three months of um, the yellow foods, a year of the red foods. So that's that's one route. And, and simul- you're simultaneously taking supplements, lifestyle changes to heal your gut. Mm-hmm. If you went the route of the DIY approach, um, right. that is less specific, but you know, you could do something like the Whole30 diet, 30 days, it's the mostly paleo method. And then they have a process of reintroducing foods one at a time. So the benefit to that is it can be tricky if you said, I'm going to, I'm going to eliminate dairy. A problem with that route can be that it could be gluten that's causing a problem. It could be soy that's causing a problem. And so it's hard to really narrow down. So mm-hmm. I love the Whole30 approach because we take out pretty much anything that could be potentially problematic and then add them back one at a time to distinguish what's really causing the problem. So it is less specific. So if you if you had a food sensitivity to green beans, you wouldn't know on the Whole30 diet, but it does take the major hitters. The big and, culprits, yeah. Know, the big culprits and 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 that's also a more accessible, affordable pathway. If 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 going to see a functional medicine doctor is not in the cards for you, or if the couple hundred dollars for a food sensitivity panel isn't accessible to you, that's kind of like the DIY approach. That's great. No, thank you. So that, for that the answer, short answer is like thirty days, and then you can reintroduce. Right. Exactly. Okay. 90 days, though, a little bit longer for those yellow ones, those yellow triggers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but try to give it a month. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, Victoria, anything else on your end? What have you thought of this? Yes, actually, that. So, Kate had another question. Oh, so Kate from <laughs> Texas. She just had a little follow up. Okay. She wanted to know what kind of nutritional recommendations would you make for elementary school lunches. So you're talking about your kiddos. What advice do you have for packing lunches for kids? Yes. Um, So because I'm not a dietitian, I can't, you know, officially make recommendations, but I can speak to like what I prioritize with my kiddos as a health coach. And we use these beautiful silicone bento boxes from Austin Baby Company. I love them so much. And my daughter actually helps me pack the lunches. So there's a huge container. Good idea. And we prioritize protein in that container. So, you know, it's protein and fat that's going to keep my kiddos full until they come home for after school snacks. And it's also going to keep their blood sugar balanced. And so Mm -hmm. that's a really big priority for me. So we get like a really great protein whether that's, um, you, you know, we have some like, gluten-free organic chicken nuggets or they'll take like chicken breast, we'll bake it and then chop it up or whatever, some kind of protein. That's our biggest priority. And then really the rest I'm filling in with fruits, vegetables, and healthy fats. And so that looks like whatever fruit your kid loves, chop that up, throw it in. Whatever vegetable your kids love, chop it in, throw it in. Um, I also love things like I really, I really like to have a lot of shelf-stable or frozen options for the kiddos so that we always have something. Like sometimes you get to Friday and you're like, what do I throw in my lunches? So we even do things like pickles. Like those are going to last forever or olives or um, even like frozen peas or frozen fruits. Uh, you can just like let those thaw and throw them in. Um, so yeah, we're really focusing on fruits, veggies, and protein. Perfect. Perfect. I love that you're getting them involved. That collaboration is going to Get them yeah. to eat that lunch, I hope. So, Caroline, thank you so much right. for today. It does help her be excited about it. Oh, God. yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for today. Caroline Fossil, all of you hold, check her out, you guys. Check out her website. Check out her podcast. Thank you so much for being here on Glow & Tell. Y'all, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow & Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic didn't get your question in, be sure to call in again next week. We wish you a wonderful week.